Welcome to episode 15 of Killing the Great White Male. I'm doing the thing again where I go off script, so hopefully I don't rant as long as I did the last time. So we'll try to keep it a little tighter. (laughs) Episode 14 uh, left off with a conversation about tokenism. And I want to dive right back into that um, because it's, it's a big topic, but also because the next part of what Dallin has to say is really, really big. Conversations about what it means to be a great white male with somebody who's transitioned to a a, a portion of their life where they were labeled as female or woman and transitioned to being a man. Um, it, It just asks certain questions about this identity that are really important to talk about. So let's dive back in. Let's do our best Patrick Stewart and engage. So what was your experience there? So I feel like uh, I, I came out, like I came to terms, like I grappled with the fact that I was transgender most of my life. And I came to terms with it very late in life. Um, I've only been out and actively transitioning for about four years. Um, so Whoa. it was still very new, like when we met. Uh, That's when we nuts. Met, that was two years yeah. ago. Yeah, when we met, that was the first time I had ever traveled across the country as a transgender guy. Holy shit, (laughs) Dallin. Yeah, so all of those concerns and things, you know, I brought with me, you know, to that meeting. Uh, But yeah, so... um, I've got chills right now. Well, it's no wonder (laughs) there was like a vulnerability there for you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So yeah, um, so I came out really late. Um, So I had a whole lifetime, you know, of looking at our culture and our our American reality through the eyes of something that was kind of thrust upon me. You know, um, you are a Latinx woman in this society. This is what you are. Yeah. And for me, there was constantly confusion. Like I always felt thrown off. You know, and it wasn't a conscious thing. You know, people say like, well, I always felt like a man trapped in a woman's body or I always kind of knew, you know, I knew there was something fundamentally wrong with me. And I knew that fundamentally I did not identify with where they were trying to put me, you know, uh, girls, locker rooms, Girl Scouts, you know, all of these things. Fundamentally, I was like, this is not me, you know, but I couldn't funnel it through, I guess, my childhood brain because we didn't have the language back then. No. And go, this is why this isn't me, you you, know. Are you comfortable, like, saying what decade you're in of of leveling? What do you mean? Like, 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, Oh, me? Oh, I'm, yeah, I just, the 29th, I just turned 46. So. So, yeah, we're the same year. Like, Gen X, here we go. And, yeah, we didn't have that language. No, not at all. It didn't exist. And so... Uh, you know, my family kind of just were dismayed a little bit at me, I guess. Oh, yeah. Uh, and they they were fine. You know, I was a tomboy, whatever, you know. Um, but so I didn't fully absorb the quote, quote, rules of binary society. I couldn't. Yeah. Like, so I really just lived most of my life confused and, you know, disoriented. Um, And so what happened was when I discovered Tumblr, of all things, uh, (laughs) the 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 social media platform Tumblr 
I started reading and all these young people were exploring their gender and going, you know, this is all out here. Yeah. At first I went, that's ludicrous. You know, of course you shut down, you, you withdraw, you go, no, that's no, that's not what's going on. That's not me, you know? Um, but eventually I came to the understanding that, yeah, that's absolutely fucking what's going on. That's you yes. that, you know, grapple with that, deal with it, you know, which um, I, I it's worth pointing out there that that reaction, that that period of defensiveness, when a truth that we've held buried is being first exposed to the light, right? Yeah. There's a parallel between that and what we see in the great white male and their reaction to Black Lives Matter. Uh, oh, absolutely. Reaction yeah. to having gender be deconstructed, like a lot of these yeah. things. It's the same fucking reaction. This is a natural human reaction. We don't want to change. Anytime we bump into change, we think we are going to die because food, water, shelter, <laughs> and meaningful social social interaction are all yes. going to go away. Right. So let's. Well, be no, clear. absolutely. Yeah. Like, and and if you think about it in those terms, yeah. You know, I I had to, in an instant, really oh, grapple with the idea that, you know, my family could fall apart, my yeah. partner could leave me, my you know, everything, but it was that or be dead honestly, you know, yes. once I actually fully understood where I had to be in life, I could not go back. Like yeah. you open that bag and everything flies out, yeah. you know, you can't put it's it like, back. You can't put it back. You can never repack a tent like you unpack it, you know, like, <laughs> like it comes packaged. Yes. So it was like, no, you know, th this isn't any going back. So you can grapple with this or not, but. You God, know. I love that metaphor though. Cause like the first <laughs> thing I do when I buy a tent is I buy another bag for it. <laughs> right, you right? Have to buy a bigger bag. Like, isn't yeah. that the point of this? Like, that's a beautiful metaphor for it, right there, because <laughs> it's not meant to go back in that fucking bag. Right, that's the package that the manufacturer sends to you. It's yeah. not, you know. This is now yeah. yours, and you have to live it, and that means you got to right. make it yours. Right, and like once you ownership. open it up, you're not going to put it right back in the same minted package. Exactly, you know, that, that's not, you know, what's going to happen. So, yeah. So yeah, I had to grapple with all of that. Oh, uh, so in a really what held you during that? Time. What's that? What held you during all that? What held me? Yeah, I did. <laughs> Say <laughs> you know, more. Uh, my my partner did. You know, um, I have hands down the most incredible partner on the planet. You know, I'm just I'm convinced of it because they, uh, you know, they didn't leave. You know, yeah. and that I think was my first indicator of of truly being vulnerable like being opening up and how i hadn't been vulnerable even with my partner of 20 years you know because Whoa. i hadn't been able to be who i was yeah you know and so that level of vulnerability right there you know my partner i what held me i guess you know myself and my partner you know that that's what we've been for 26 years you know, so my gosh, I had no idea y'all been together that long. That's yeah, incredible. we had, we were teenagers. We ran away together. <laughs> it's wow. one of those, like, yeah. So being faced, I think with this reality that I have to be true to myself in this way. And it means that I might lose this anchor, you know, was really tough, but my partner went, yeah, okay. You know, it, it was very much like, sure, this is the next leg of our journey. You yeah. know, this is where we're headed. 
And that was such a relief, I think, that the rest of it just kind of fell away. <laughs> you know, yeah. I was like, everything else I can I can deal with, you know, yeah. because Sam decided that he was going to stay or that they were going to stay. Yeah. You know, um, so, I yeah, had no idea. And Sam that's what used they also just for the record. What's um, that? I didn't know Sam used they. Um, um, it's it goes back and forth. It's fairly recent for Sam. So, cool. Yeah. So. It's not a, a hard line, you know, yeah. so you notice I kind of switch between he and they. So, um, but yeah, agender. So awesome. Yeah. Brilliant. And and I guess that's probably also why it wasn't like a huge impact for Sam, because Sam also has never strongly attached to the the male quote, quote, reality. Preach. You know? Like what happens yeah. when you're vulnerable? It calls it forth in others. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So, yeah. <laughs> right? Um, it does, yeah. And and I don't know, like, throughout our lives, Sam, I think, has been the vulnerable one, which is funny. You know, oh, interesting. When you think about, yeah, when you think about where we're at and how, how society tends to raise us, um, I really was always the one that was like, you know, stiff upper lip, don't show weakness, you know. Yeah. And Sam was like, no, that's silly. You know, um, I knew that Sam didn't strongly attach to gender very early on in our relationship because Sam was willing to talk about it, you know. Again, like, so, I mean, just to offer my impression from the outside, not knowing, like, not knowing Sam real well, um, he reads very much like a cisgendered white man, right? Mm -hmm. Like, that's, mm -hmm. that's my read. But I think that right there is part of the problem, is that we think our read on other people is the <laughs> thing. And, mm -hmm. and that is trained into us. It's, we are taught, I, I, I got to circle back to the, the notion of the, the, uh, social theory from the seventies called the gaze. Well, it's, it's been developed since then, but G A Z E, but the notion yeah, that yeah. The, the camera in, um, in Western filmmaking. So, uh, us filmmaking mimics the, the gaze of the white man. Um, mm -hmm. and that you, that, that perspective, that camera lens is literally the eye of the white man viewing the world. And it was used as a critique for objectifying women, but it actually has much farther reaching implications. I'm convinced through this con through these types of conversations, because just me putting that notion on Sam, that he is a great white male is mm -hmm. really destructive and undermining to his ability to claim I'm a gender man. I, yeah. my pronouns are that. It absolutely is. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and I've seen it, you know, I've seen it in Sam, you know, Sam gets, it feels heavy, you know, yeah. um, but Sam being Sam is like, well, you know, this is how our society was built. Society was built by cis white men who have run roughshod over everything. And so Sam is willing to go, okay, you know, I, I take that on as something, you know, I know that people are going to view me and be understandably angry, not knowing me. You know, um, so Sam acknowledges, you know, white privilege. Sam acknowledges that, you know, there's male privilege there. Um, all of those things, all the while not feeling it at all, you know. So I, I think, you know, he's, I, they are an amazing human being and I can't talk enough <laughs> uh, about them, you know, in a good way. And the unfairness, I think. Uh, and I, I tend to shy away, I think, from 
from that level of the conversation because you know you want to talk about unfairness try being a black woman in this society right. you know that's fucking unfair right but there is an unfairness to being perceived as a cis white male when that is not the role that you've taken on and that is not the role that you project to other people you and, know and i would say so i actually go farther with it because i mm -hmm. think it's the mechanism of seeing and believing what our perception of the other person is over their perception of themselves is a mechanism that has to die. And yeah. it doesn't just need to die for those that don't fit that. It needs to die for those of us that do fit it because yeah. it still cuts us off from parts of ourselves. Yeah, it absolutely does. Right? Um, yeah. Like I, I, like I feel like gender's stupid and I don't, <laughs> like I'm not a real man. I wear fucking skirts. Um, you know, so let's, let's be clear there, but, it, but also like, yeah, man's probably still my thing. Right. But it cuts me off from the identity of, I really like ventilation. So I yeah. wear skirts. Right. So it, <laughs> right, like, right. um, the parts of me that know that it's okay to cry, that weakness yeah. is not, um, a terrible thing that, you know, all, all of those things. Right. So it, I guess that's the more I look at these things, it's it's not the ism that I'm pissed at. It's the mechanisms yeah. that create this shit that I think are right. so destructive to us. Yeah, absolutely. And it's funny you mentioned that you wore skirts. You know, I was I've, I've listened to the podcast, and you know, I know about your skirt experiment thing. You know that <laughs> that you enjoy wearing skirts. When I met Sam, Sam was wearing a nightgown, like a women's nightgown, and a black skirt, like a floor length black skirt. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Yeah, in like 1993. <laughs> so, I love this human. <laughs> Sam is a pretty amazing human being, yeah. Things but I did not know about them. Oh my God. Yeah, that's actually what drew me to Sam is I was like, this person just walked into the room, you know, long hair, red mohawk, and in a a ankle-length black skirt and a, and a nightgown. <laughs> and was like, hi, what's going on, you know? Well, it's um, no wonder you connected. yeah. Right. Like yeah. just the, the, again, the especially in what did you say, 93? Mm -hmm. Yeah, especially in yeah, 93, like the amount of vulnerability that took in 93. Like, I just want to let's just call out what what 93 was. Uh, yeah. Let's see. Flannels. Um, <laughs> right? Ace of base. And yep. Nirvana, like <laughs> Nirvana. Yeah. Nirvana was everywhere. You right. Know, blue jeans, big black boots. You know, that, that was the costume, you know, and uh, of angry the white boys. Yep. And angry white boys. Right. Yep. Disaffected white youth. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So what, what are some of the things that you noticed as, as you transitioned? Uh, so, oh, yeah, that's actually what I was going to say. Uh, <laughs> we, we wandered, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I think this conversation is going to be really tangential, and that's fine, but yeah. Um, so I feel like I experienced a microcosm of toxic masculinity when I came out. You know, when I came mm. to terms with, okay, I'm trans, I'm a guy, you know, I always have been. So what does this mean? Well, Royce immediately... Like, you know, when I thought about buying clothes and, you know, yeah. transitioning, what did I buy? I mean, you can almost kind of guess, like I bought polo shirts and cargo shorts. <laughs> that's, 
that's what I did. Yep. You know, I was like, okay, yeah, polo shirts and cargo shorts. And then it, it slowly trickled in over time. You know, I, I could only wear certain colors, mm-hmm. you know, I couldn't wear this cut of shirt because it accentuated my waist too much. Mm-hmm. I can't, you know, engage in this activity because what if somebody is seeing it as a quote, quote, girly activity, you yeah. know? So that all trickled in and I guess lasted probably a year and a half where I was super rigid in the, the, what is considered masculine and what is considered not masculine. So I hear the judgment there. What, what was, what was important to you about it? It was important to me that I be seen as I was, you know, that, that I think is the overarching, you know, that if the gaze is going to have that much fucking power then I'm going to determine it. Exactly. You know, I have to take control of how I am seen. And so by taking control of how I was seen, I really, uh, you know, and I don't have any like, you know, self hate over it or anything like that, you know? Um, but I really overdid it, you know, um, to the point where, like I said, you know, I was very rigid in what I was willing to wear. I was very rigid in what I was willing to consume and I became judgmental. Yeah. Even of other, you know, cis guys or even other trans guys who were, you know, doing things, uh, you know, and something that I do hate, something that, you know, really bothered me or bothers me now looking back on it is that I kind of became an enemy of that idea of the gender spectrum. You yeah. know, I was like, if you're trans, you're trans. And that's that, you know, you're a trans guy or you're a trans woman, yep. you know. And so, you know, that I think was where I thankfully quickly realized, okay, I'm going way too far with this, you know? So I self-corrected, but I did have that foray of about a year into really toxic masculine uh, beliefs and behaviors. And, you know, guys do this and women do this and I'm a guy and, you know, no one's ever going to tell me that I'm not anymore, you know, but it became, you know, thankfully not abusive, but it felt almost self-abusive. Yes. You know, which I mean, which is most of it, I don't know. So even here, as as I'm hearing this, as I'm hearing you talk about it, and I start reflecting on what I just said two minutes ago, where I'm like, you know, I do very much identify as a guy. And yet, like, as a homemaker, as a, a caregiver for my spouse and children, um, I always forget, like, I disabuse myself of the parts of myself that are very much feminized, that like, mm-hmm. I'm... I'm not a dude so often. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's, it's like in that internal reality of, you know, I'm, I'm not a mom, but I am. Um, Yeah. Is, is very present in that. So I I guess, yeah, I'm appreciating hearing like how much of this, like just shifts, like even for those of us who are are aware of these things and are like Mm -hmm. trying to be deliberate about it as you were Mm -hmm. during this transition to, to, to look at it and go, man, all right, so that didn't work, you know? Yeah, yeah. Toxic masculinity is self-abuse. Just repeat that over and over. Self-mutilation to rid ourselves of the parts that don't fit the great white male mold. It really is that simple. That's where this comes from. That's where this phenomenon lives. And it lives in each of us that deals with this identity. So I'm still off script, and now I have no idea what I'm going to say. Um, 
<laughs> so let's do that thing where we remind you to share the podcast. I hope you're having fun with it. I hope that it's challenging you and uh, share it, whether it's on social media generically or just give it to a friend that you think might, I don't know if enjoy is the right word, but might find something important here for them. Um, check out the Patreon. Become a patron. Um, there's lots to do here, and there's lots that we can do together. So thank you again for for tuning in. Uh, I'll see you next next time, I guess Wednesday. We'll talk Wednesday for episode 16. <laughs>